return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. It's a day we celebrate in our land in remembrance of those who uh, served, those who sacrificed, those who died and uh, remember loved ones. A lot of us have parents or family members that are already gone and uh, gone with the Lord and different things like that. Uh, Remember people in the body of Christ that have served, uh, many people that we've known through the years that uh, we were such good friends with. They were our seniors, and now they're gone to be with the Lord, and so now we're the seniors for a lot of people, you know. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 Verses 12 and 13 just says, We urge you to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their word's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And so we remember those that have uh, planted in our lives, even as we sow here in the church and people are here. A lot of people, this is ascending church. People come and they're ministered to and they grow and they get opportunities and then they go, a lot of them go other places. Some in business, but also they're bivocational. Some uh, that are on missions today. Some that pastor today in other places. Uh, but but we, we always want to recognize people that are also laboring amongst us. It's part of memorials. Amen. And uh, I think of the guy that influenced Jeannie and I so much in our early days of ministry. And uh, he had such a heart for souls and he would pass out gospel tracts. Uh, wherever he went, and so he led Jeannie's team to Russia in 1974. And then in 1975, he led our team to the Southeast Asia, to uh, the Philippine Islands and Hong Kong and ministry that we did, and all those things like that. He never had a big ministry, never had a big church. He pastored later in life, never had a big church. But he was always a soul winner. He was always on fire for the Lord. He always did. uh, He just had a heart for Jesus, and consequently a heart for sinners. Interesting enough, when he died, uh, he lived uh, in North Dakota at the time, and when he died, his funeral was in a German Lutheran church, so they sang the, the funeral songs in German. Imagine that, huh? It's like singing in tongues for me. And uh, now I learned German in high school, but that was a long time ago. So I'm in the uh, congregation, small group of people and so forth, and I'm thinking, you know, isn't that something this guy who has fruit around the world, and yet very few people were there at his funeral because he died older, you know, and and, uh, then we went out to the cemetery, an obscure place out in a North Dakota field where it's just tire tracks to get to this rural cemetery. And it was the same day that Ted Kennedy was being buried. And Ted Kennedy had all the pomp and so forth of Washington and all the things going on and all the things said. And of course, his life represented a very immoral and in sinful life. Now here's, here's this brother Ray being buried in obscurity with me standing with his family. So wind blew over this North Dakota field. And I looked over, I looked over his casket, you know, and flag there. And I thought, oh, and this something. Jesus, you know this man. 
I don't know where Ted Kennedy's at, but this guy is the real guy, the real deal. And heaven and celebration and so forth. And really, that's what you want your life to be, amen? And you want to remember people that have been a blessing to you, and, and you want to honor them, and you want to uh, tell them, th- if they're still alive, tell them thank you. And if they're not alive, then you want to keep emulating their lifestyle. Paul said, be followers of me as I am of Christ, amen? So the things that are godly like that, you want to, you want to keep showing honor, amen? So cemeteries, cemeteries have markers, right? So there's a marker where graves are. Those markers are reminders of that person's life. And we've been to a lot of cemeteries. Uh, interesting places. A lot of people want to avoid them unless they have to go there for a burial. But otherwise, we've walked through a lot of cemeteries. They're very interesting to look at graves, to see how long somebody lived. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a veteran. Maybe it was just a child and so forth like that. But those cemeteries are reminders. They're like memorials of that person's life. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, there's, your life is real short, right? It's like the dash. You only get one dash, the time of birth to the time of death. And in between is a dash. Not two or three, not equal signs or three dashes. One time, which might represent 80 years, 90 years, or 20 years. So you've got to make the most of your dash, right? Got to make the most of your life that you have right now while you're alive. Once we're dead, we're dead, of course. We, if we're Christians, we go to our reward in heaven. Hallelujah. But in the meantime, we have a job here to be lights for Jesus Christ. Appreciate, Samson. You're a light. And Amos and Mercy, you're lights in your communities and workplaces and so forth for Christ. Hallelujah. So cemeteries are like reminders. Statues, you see statues. And, and, and there's a marker there of what someone did that was famous. Could be good or bad, but it's a reminder of what someone did. And we have things in our lives that are like this, that are kind of like memorials to remind us of something in the past. We need that because there's a reference from the past. It's kind of like a compass, a reference as you go forward. Where have you come? Where are you going? What is your destination for your life? So we have, these, we have these reminders. The Old Testament leaders would set up an altar many, many times, right? And, and Jacob would say, set up an altar. And it would do what? To remind him of God's faithfulness. Now, these aren't places that are worshipped. should never worship a statue, a memorial, or, or an altar like that. Never worship that. But they are reminders of things in our lives. And reminders of God's faithfulness. Uh, I don't know how many of you journal. My, my guess is probably very few because very few take notes in this church. And yet I'm a note taker. I, I always advocate to take notes, write things down. Why? Because the shortest pencil is better than, than the longest memory. That's right. So even if we're some other place or I'm here on a Wednesday night or whatever, I'm taking notes because I'm trying to absorb what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to me. Then I can go back over those notes again and, and rehearse them and be blessed through those things, right? So Old Testament leaders would do things to remind them. Incidentally, you're probably joining us from another country. We welcome you from African nations and, and India and Europe and the United States as well. It's maybe different in your countries as far as this type of holiday we're celebrating. Nevertheless, you still have memorials. And you have things that can remind you of God's goodness and grace in your life. So, so these, these, the Old Testament leaders would set up an altar. 
So memorial, you can write this down if you are taking notes. It's established to commemorate an event or truth. So, so it's established, it commemorates either an event or a truth or someone's life or something like that. It's a memorial. Luke 22, verse 19. We celebrate the Lord's Supper. Amen? The Lord's Supper is a memorial. Most people don't think about that, but it is a memorial. What is it, what is, is, what is it a memorial of? It's a memorial of the fact that we cross from the Old Testament to the New. That we're no longer under an Old Covenant. We're, you know, that uh, all the things you saw in the old, we're under a new covenant. We're under the grace of God. We live in this new covenant, which is very good. How God treats people is very good. You have to understand that. Everybody he treats people good. So when Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks, he broke and he gave it. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance. It's a memorial. I grew up taking the Lord's Supper in our church denomination Never understood it, never meant anything to me. And then I became a Christian and I realized, oh man, that's a marker. So when we take it like even at the church here, it's a memorial. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Amen? A while back, we were with some folks, a while back, just a week ago, with some folks that had a bad medical report and so forth. And the Lord just said, I want you to, I want you to have communion. So we did. We, we got things ready and we set it up so we had communion together. Because what were, we, what were we doing? We were remembering that Christ has already paid the price. He's already brought our healing and forgiveness and all those things. And it was memorial to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Remember, doctors can give a report. The Word of God always trumps the doctor's report. Amen. And so he always wants to bring healing. So the Lord's Supper is a memorial. So when we have, when we partake and so forth, we're remembering what the Lord has given to us. Now, memory is good. How many can you say amen to that? That's why it's such a tough deal, you know, when, when uh, uh, memory illnesses and so forth that have come across our world and so forth that affects people's memory. Because it, it's, uh, it's sad when people can no longer remember. Your memory should be blessed. If you have memory that bothers you, then you need to seek forgiveness. Amen? So it doesn't bother you anymore. In other words, you want to forgive people. Turn to your neighbor and say, forgive. You want to forgive people. No one's perfect. So you want to forgive people so that your memory of life and life circumstances doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it can be a memorial to say, thank you, Jesus, what you brought me out of or how you worked in my life. So a memory is the ability to revive a past experience. You can revive a past experience. What the Lord has done. What did Paul do a lot of times? He shared his testimony. He didn't make it complicated. He shared his testimony. Who he was. How he was on the wrong path. How God uh, revealed himself to him. Repentance of sin. Filled with the Holy Spirit. He just shared his testimony. Your testimony is your story. You want to remember it. You want to recount it. You want to tell people. Someone can't say, well, that's not true. It's your story. They can't tell, say it's not true. It's your story. It's your life. It's what God did for you. It's, it's a good thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, tell others about Jesus. You're telling others about what Christ has done for you. So you're recounting those stories. Second Timothy 3 just talks about the power of the word of God. But the Bible, the Bible, just the very book is like a memorial. 
That's why, that's why it's, it's so threatening to the world. So scripture is given by inspiration of God. So the Bible is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, so why, why do people not want Bible? When you go to countries and they ban the Bible, it's a banned book. Why is that? Because it's a threat. It just, the, just the book is a threat. It's a memorial. It's a testament of what God, who God is and what he's doing and what he can do. So we go in some places now, and I mean, uh, I won't mention the country, I guess. Uh, we go in some places, and they're kicking out all Western influence and Western ministries and ministries that have even been significant for decades and decades simply because there was a Bible on the counter. And maybe this ministry fed thousands of kids, tens of thousands of kids, but there was a Bible, and that was such a threat to the authorities that they said, we have to ban this organization and kick them out. The Bible is powerful. I knew a school teacher one time who had a Bible on his desk, and they said, you've got to remove that. Other books in the classroom, no Bible on his desk, but that was a threat to the authorities in that school just because it represented something. You know what I mean? People say, the Ten Commandments should be on the wall. You, just, you could just put a Bible out there. And someone's go, what is that? What's that? You know, the spiritual, the world is very spiritual. The world understands there's power. The world understands something can happen good from that book. They might not perceive it as good, but it's good. So, so the Word of God, the Word of God, you know, is, is powerful. It's a powerful statement. The Bible is a powerful statement. It's a memorial isn't that right? You know, you, uh, if you're married, you probably have a wedding ring. It's a memorial. It's a reminder. You're married. If your spouse is near you, tell them we're married. <laughs> I was uh, one of the places in India one time we were talking about it, and then they said, well, if a, like, like they didn't have a ring on, and then this pastor's wife said, no, we wear a ring on, a, on her toe, on a certain toe, and that's like their wedding ring. And I thought, okay. So now I can look at toes and see who's married, who's not married, and so forth. But it's a reminder, right? It's a reminder to others, but it's a reminder to you. I'm married. I'm not available to you, <laughs> right? And, you know, a lot of people in the world have to think, think in a godly way. You know, we just have so much things in the body of Christ where people get off in, in sins that should never happen. Because they forget who they are. And they forget that they made a covenant with God and with the spouse. And so pretty soon they entertain things and they should be looking at their finger like, ah, you're married. It's important. See, these are things in our lives that do what? They, they can help us along the way. If I remember things, if I remember things, I'm talking about good things, then it can help me along the way to continue to follow those paths. In righteousness, in good ways. Mark chapter 14. So there's a woman, and, and uh, very little is said about her in the Bible, other than she came and she broke this alabaster box of ointment. So Jesus is in the house of Simon the leper, sits at the table. The woman comes and has this costly, very costly oil of spikenard. And she breaks the flask and she pours it on Jesus' head, right? Verse 8 and 9, then it says that that when she had done, she had done what she could, she came before, before and Jesus said, she's done what she could. 
She came beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Now, of course, some people were offended because it was expensive and they thought it should have been sold and the money given away. But she was anointing Jesus for burial. She was anointing Jesus for what he was going to do for us. Wow. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you that wherever this gospel is preached in this whole world, this, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Memorials are good, right? They're, we could call it a testimony. I remember when you tell a testimony. You should tell testimonies to your children. If you have children, you should tell testimonies to them. If you have grandchildren, you should tell testimonies to them. You should tell them what? You should tell them stories. Those stories become a memorial. Even if at the time they roll their eyes, they oh, yeah, right. <clears throat> okay. You know, kind of like they're enduring you talking. But what you're saying is important. You should always speak things, speak life, speaking the oracles of God, speaking what Jesus has done. This was a memorial to this lady. Undoubtedly, she, she probably had other family members. Undoubtedly, wow, look at, look at that. This should be retold. How she anointed him for burial, anointed him for the resurrection and the life. And that we all are beneficiaries of this act. So to tell others is very, very good, right? Sometimes people don't even appreciate, they may not appreciate you as a parent or grandparent or something until you're gone. But when you're gone, then things come back to people's minds. Remember, I, remember, oh, I remember what Papa said. Oh, I remember what he said there. It's like, then it can still speak. That's the thing about the Word of God. The Word of God is eternal. So we're speaking it here once. You're hearing it live. People can hear it on Facebook Live. People can replay it a month or two months or a year later, whatever. But yet, people can record, record this in their brain, remember, and all of a sudden it can come alive again ten years from now. And bless their lives. Your life becomes a living testimony. Your life becomes a memorial. Your life becomes a memorial. You're living right now, but you're a living memorial. You're a living testimony to everybody around you, in your home or outside your home or at your work. You're a living testimony. And more is happening than what you're aware of. As you just speak the things of God, more happens good than you're aware of. Because if you go by sight, you think nothing's happening. But you don't go by your sight. You're planting seeds that are incorruptible, ever-living, eternal. (laughs) They're seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your actions do that. People remember. They remember uh, good things. And Jesus said, like even for this woman, it's going to be a memorial for her. And and, uh, uh, be told, notice, in the whole world, in the whole world, this gospel becomes a memorial in the whole world. A memorial of who Jesus is. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life is powerful. Your life is powerful. And let me just say, if you're concerned even now, like, I wonder how, wonder what people think of me. Well, start using your phone to text. Start using your phone to contact people. Start using your phone to bring good news. Too many people listen to bad things and they're saying bad things. Or whatever. No, 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 use it for good. So good. Even with the world. So good things to the world. So, so the God bless you. So the things. Jesus loves you. You know, because even... For us, we, you know, I use the simplicity, three words, but there's power when I say, I can tell it to a clerk or anybody, Jesus loves you. Wow, powerful. You just said the name of Jesus. Most powerful name in the universe. 
And you're, you're, you're saying what he does for them. He loves them. Now, that person can look at you and some people can sometimes go, oh, what, what? <laughs> well, it's the truth. It doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter their lifestyle. It doesn't matter what they did last night. God still loves people. And your life becomes a memorial where they're thinking they may never see you again. But remember what you said. Remember how you conveyed love. And it becomes a memorial to them to think, wow, that person said Jesus loves me. It's powerful. See, we, we sometimes think it has to be this gigantic thing in order for, you know, people build statues and all this. No, no, no. Just, just the simplicity. Jesus said, if you give a drink of water, cold water in my name, you got a reward. Wow, that's pretty neat. I'm always thinking, here's, here's a bottle of water. Here's a blessing. This lady didn't think, wow, I'm gonna, she's doing this out of an act of worship, but she didn't think, this is such a big thing. The world will remember me. Not that way at all. You look, Paul in the Bible, Paul never had a big ministry. Paul never had a big following. Paul never had all these things going on of the things like, you know, people do that they think is successful today. And yet, he wrote much of the New Testament. Anointed with the Holy Ghost. And we talk about him, you know, as right along with James and John and everybody else. And yet, this guy came along years later and persecuted the church and killed people and everything else. But he's right in amongst them. As him thinking even the least of the apostles. So we think of him. God, God uses you. People will think of you. People will think of you. Remember now, your life is short. Hate to tell you that. <laughs> but, but it is. When you line it up to eternity, your life is short. When we got married, guys, just telling a high school girl the other day, I said, when we got, when we got married... Uh, uh, before we got married, we saw those little things come out on, on cans and so forth with the barcodes. And we thought, oh, the mark of the beast, look at this, you know. And we were just graduating from SDSU and we looked at that, oh, wow, you know, then you just pray like, should we even get married? Jesus has come back, should we even get married? And then we thought, well, let's get married. I'm glad we did. <laughs> then we got married and thought, well, should we have kids? Because Jesus is coming back, you know, and Pray that your flight isn't in the winter when you got kids and stuff. And we get married. It's like, let's get married. And we're glad we did, you know. Now years have passed. Like almost 50 years, you know. Close to 50 years. Life is short. So you have to take your life and realize to use it for His glory. Use it to advance the kingdom. Use it to, uh, uh, to do things that He wants you to do. Amen. Your life becomes a memorial. And you might think people don't notice, people don't listen. doesn't matter what you think. If you're saying things like Jesus loves you, if you're saying things like God has a good plan for your life, if you're saying things like that that come from a biblical background, I'll tell you what, people are going to remember that. People are going to remember that. We connect with people, well, not we, Jeannie does, through the social media and so forth with people all over. Some of them love Jesus and some of them are very contrary to the gospel. Some people might say they're an anti-Christ person. It's all right. We're still connecting with them. Why? Because we're planting seeds. We're planting seeds of the gospel. Love never fails. That's right. Memorials. Uh, uh, Psalm 106. Let's go there a second. Psalm 106 just says that the children of Israel were so blessed again and again 
God blessed them, God saved them, and so forth like that. Uh, brought them out, you know, from the hand of them that hated them. Uh, not one of them left. Psalm 106. Is there anything after that? It says that, there any verses? They believed his words, they sang it. Notice verse 13. They soon forgot his works. Now, why, why did they forget his works? They forgot the memorials. They, they, by forgetting, you're choosing to not remember. Think of this. The children of Israel have a pillar of fire at night, and then there's a supernatural cloud by day. Not a tornado, just a supernatural cloud. And it had, went on for 40 years, and manna fell from heaven supernaturally, and they wandered in a moment because they forgot now, you should write down, you should, if you write down, write down a note here a second. Humor me a little bit, all right? Write down a note and just say, don't forget. Don't forget what the Lord has done for you. If you're saved, you've got every reason to shout. If he never answered another prayer in your life, you've got a reason to shout. You're missing hell and making heaven. Just that alone. And so you want to thank God for all that he is and what he's done. Because in the Old Testament, again and again, you go through these Psalms, it says, soon, soon, they forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Again and again, they forgot, they forgot, they forgot. And you want to remember, 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 especially a day that you feel like, oh, nothing's happening God isn't working. No, go back to your book of remembrance. Oh, he is working. There are things happening. He did answer prayers here. He has done this. You want to remind yourself of the truth. Because in any moment for anybody, you know, when you're down, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, um, no, Isaiah, the, the, the other prophet was Jeremiah. And who was the one of the... the uh, call down Elijah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he does all this, calls down fire, tremendous things happen, and then a lady says, hey, I'm going to have your hide. You're, you're, I'm going to get you. You're, you're mine. And he runs in fear, cowers alone, and said, well, there's nobody else. Now he gets in depression. He gets in depression. He's like, well, I might as well die. So he goes from here this mountaintop, down below the gutter, just let me die. And so the Lord taps and said, get up and eat something now. Now go sleep some more. Get up and eat something, you know. Kind of renew your strength. Come on, get, get your wits about you here to know what the truth is. Now this was Elijah. This happens to believers. Believers that... Uh, I, had a friend, I had a friend in another city. And he loved the Lord. He did a lot of things in ministry and so forth. And he, on the side, he would do stuff like kids rallies and all the things, was a clown, did all kinds of stuff like that. And, and he then, then all of a sudden he comes to a place in his life and he forgets everything. He forgets everything and he kills himself. And when they called me, I said, oh, Jesus, you know. His friend, God had used him. God used him. A lot of kids got saved. A lot of things happened and so forth like that. He believed the gospel. Had preached the gospel. But he got in a low point and forgot to look at the memorials. Forgot to look, forgot to remember 
what the Lord had done. And all the devil said is, you're a loser. Nothing's happening in your life. You're not worth living. And he bit into that apple. You have to remember. It's your responsibility. Someone else can encourage you, but you have to remember your life. What God has done for you. Because years go on and pretty soon you're just going through life and kind of like, it's my job, it's my money, I can do what I want. And you forget, who gave you all this? Who gave you the ability? Who gave you the intelligence? Who gave you all those things? Who opened the door, say, to have a degree at a university? Who opened the door for that job? But people can become egotistical. I can do what I want. I've got money and so forth. No, no, no. Don't forget. Don't forget the small beginnings. Don't beget back when you didn't have anything. Right? Hey, most of us all started. We had nothing. Right? Don't forget where you've come from. Even Let's look at Deuteronomy a second. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I love, love the things it says there, but it says, Beware that you forget do not forget the Lord your God. Don't forget. Because when you're eaten and full and you built houses and dwell in them, you know, and then you forget the Lord. Don't, don't forget the Lord. Go to the next verses there. It says, your herds, your flocks multiply, your silver and golds multiply, all that you have is multiplied. Then your heart's lifted up and you forget the very one that brought you out of Egypt, the very one that blessed you, the very one that helped you, you forget. I love verse 18, because Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, He's the one that, remember the Lord, He gives you the power to get wealth. But you've got to remember that. See, we think, we think, oh, I'm smart. That's my intelligence. It's my abilities. I've done this. No, no, no. It all came from God. (laughs) We're we're all very finite, okay? (laughs) All very finite. All comes from the Lord. And so you want to remember that. So that he can establish his covenant. One of the things that's a memorial is tithing, actually. Because what does it do? It tells you, oh, you did it. You honor God. It's always that way. Folks, I've known multi-millionaires. They act, they act like they're the king of the world. And they're lost as goose in the snowstorm, you know. You always have to remember, where, where did it come from? How did you get it? Who gave this to you? And it came, it all ultimately all comes to the Lord. Like I tell people, there's no U-Hauls following the hearse. You can have money, 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 but no U-Hauls following the hearse. Guys, people are, caskets open and people are throwing in coins and stuff. Actually, people, they do bury people in other places with money and different things, but they're throwing stuff in there. Another guy comes over and says, writing out a check, scoops up the stuff, throws in the check. Well, wrote a big check, threw it in there. You know, there's not one cent that I'm going to take with me. Nothing. Nothing. Your life is a memorial meant to be lived for Jesus, for others around you, so that they can see God in our lives. Amen? And if we remember stuff, then we won't forget, maybe repeat past mistakes, but we'll remember and do what is right. Psalm 90 says, I think I had that, didn't I? Psalm 90, it says, teach us to number our days. Well, what does that mean? I guess, I don't know how many days I have, nor do you. But if we know that they're limited, then you know, okay, let's live this day for Jesus. 
Now, right now, yesterday's history. Tomorrow isn't here yet, but you've got today. That's why we call it the present. It's a gift. All right. You've got today. Some of you will be at graduation. Some of you might be at family dinners or tomorrow. You'll do different things. But you can always you live in the day, the now, right now. And you want to live that day for God so that whenever your life ends, you don't don't have any, no regrets, no looking back, no like, oh, I wished I would have. No, no, no. You're doing that now. My bucket list is pretty basic. My bucket list is live for Jesus around my family, my kids, my grandkids, you know, that's my bucket list. Amen. Amen. I mean, just simple things, just even, even. Even like, you know, getting pictures like yesterday and so forth. And here's all kinds of people and around and so forth. We'll be going to the athlete's tent. And I just mentioned to my one grandson, and your mama wants a picture. <laughs> he looked, just nodded. didn't say yesterday, just nods. But so, primed the pump. So when he comes out, he's going to get a picture with mama and daddy. Didn't matter how many people are around and so forth. Why? Because it's a memory. He's got a suit on and running gear and so forth like that. But you just do things. Because why? It's important. Even some days, someone can think, that really isn't important, but I'll, I'll humor them. Okay, fast forward a few years, and there's that picture. Oh, I remember. Sure glad I took that picture with my mom and dad. Sure glad I listened to Papa. Sure glad, sure glad we did that. I can't repeat yesterday, but I have today. And teach us the number of days. Like that dash in the stone again. It's just a dash, but you got one. Turn to your neighbor and say, make the most of your life. <laughs> You're not going to get a second one. All right? You're not going to get a second one. You get one. You get one shot. You get one time. And that's it. Amen? Even, even uh, I always said, you know, uh, uh, when, when uh, Jesus, everybody he healed eventually died. They all died. Great, I love healing, hallelujah. But what's important, are they saved? Is the person saved? Is the person born again? Amen? Yes, Amen. I, this isn't what I was going to say, but I'll say, what I, I'll say this first. <laughs> I'm so glad he can track with me. I'm so glad God told you when you got um, diagnosed with cancer that uh-huh. the, the Holy Spirit said to Pastor Dave, make plans to have fun. Yeah. So that's a good word for all of us. Make plans to have fun. But what I was going to say is, like these moments, like, oh, we might think, like, oh, that's not important, or this or that. But uh, excuse me, back to Amos and Mercy. So a few years back, so Amos lived with my daughter for a semester. I don't remember. Their family, yeah. Yeah, with with family, yeah. And Davey was, our grandson was three or probably four or something. At the time, but anyway, so you think like little things, but anyway, um, Amos was quite busy and, you know, a lot going on in their lives, and, but Davey always wanted to play with Amos. <laughs> he wanted Amos to play with him, and so, you know, he'd get home late, and he was studying, he was working, he was doing research, and, but, uh, so then yesterday when they came to the house, of course, Davey remembers Amos, and Amos would always say, I just always knew, give him 15 minutes. Give him 15 minutes. And so it's a memorial that Amos would give our grandson 15 minutes. So he marches up to them yesterday and jumps into Mercy's arms and 
uh, remembers Amos. And so we don't have to make everything a big deal, right? Like, you know, a kid isn't going to want to play. They're going to get distracted. So, <laughs> But a, a child, maybe, you know, 15 minutes is a memorial that will impact their life. So, and that's what I wanted to say. So, that's good. Amen. Yeah. So thank you for that, Amos. Thank you. You made an impact. I don't know if you heard on that little, whole story. On a little boy. Yeah. You know, last year I was In out. In Jesus' uh, name. It Amen. Was, it was, I forget the timing exactly, but some uh, relatives uh, on Jeannie's side, but they came and there was couple little boys, mm. and uh, this little boy, his daddy has a great job, but he's never home, and so the mama's there, and uh, so we hauled out these kayaks, and so I'm getting a little older, so it's a little tougher to haul them out, but I got them down to the water, the lake, we got in them, and so forth, and so I'm kayaking, and I forget how old he is, if he's 12 or so, and, yeah, maybe and uh, so we're kayaking on this lake, and I had another grandson with me. At any rate, I, I said, do this, do that as far as steering and doing stuff. And then we'd, go, we'd done this for a while, and I said, well, you, you ready to go back? He said, yeah, just a little bit more. And then he said, this is the best day of my life. This is the best day of my life. And I'm Time. thinking, wow, you know, he has an absent dad. No dad at home, so forth, but it was the best day. And I said, it's a good day, isn't it? Yeah. He said, oh, it really is. So we got back to the edge of the water, and I was trying to get out, slipped a little bit, and he said, I'll help you. And I just don't forget those words, how he said that, as he looked at me. This is the best day of my life. And to me, it was like, it was a pretty good day, but you know what I mean? I was working at different things, and but it made an impact. Yes. You impact others. How you treat them, how you smile, the things you say in your home, mm-hmm. it makes it the best day for some people. Maybe a day they'll never forget. And you might not even know that. Maybe they'll go home and say, you know what someone said to me? can become the best day. Your life oh, is lived as a memorial for other people. Amen. And so, I just want to encourage you today. You're going to see people today probably. This is the sort of holiday you see people. Things go on. But I want to encourage you even to take time. I had, a friend, I had a friend one time, and he said, he said he would always look for the person who's sitting alone in a gathering. So you got a gathering. There's someone sitting alone. He said he'd go over sit. didn't matter who it was. He'd go over sit by that person. How's it going? What's happening? Oh, you know. And I've done that different times, and, and people say, yeah, okay. Like kids will go, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. I, I'll just say, I might not even know them that well. So tell me about your life. You make an impact on others. Your life is so valuable that God uses you to bless other people. Oh, Amen? That. So I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to lift your hands. And I want you to say, Lord, I volunteer for your service. Lord, I volunteer to make memories for other people. Use me, Lord. Use my voice. Use my actions. Use my life. To bless everybody around me. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts. We do give you all the praise, Lord God. You're so good. I just pray blessings on uh, gatherings, Lord, today, tomorrow. Blessings on those gatherings, be it uh, celebrations, families, different things. Some going to cemeteries. Just blessings, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing so many good things in us. 
And it is for your glory and honor, Lord God. So I just speak blessings over each person now in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And you can share that with somebody. You know, always you can share things and stuff. Uh, Pass it on to other people and and, uh, bless them as well. Amen. So let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.